Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. President Trump says he is commuting the prison sentence of Rod Blagojevich, freeing the former Illinois governor and apprentice contestant from federal prison. Blagojevich was convicted in 2011 for trying to sell Barack Obama's Senate seat to the highest bidder. And the president isn't stopping there. He's also pardoning Bernard Carrick, whose spectacular fall from New York City police commissioner and cabinet nominee ended in prison time for tax fraud and other crimes. All in all, the president issued four commutations and seven pardons, including one for 1980s junk bond king Michael Milken. Weijia Zhang reports tonight from the White House. Rod, you're fired. Former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich lost celebrity apprentice, but won his freedom back today when President Trump commuted his 14-year prison sentence. That was a tremendously powerful, ridiculous sentence, in my opinion. The president noted he had seen Blagojevich's wife argue for his release on Fox News. He was found guilty of trying to sell an appointment to Barack Obama's Senate seat after he became president. Blagojevich bragged about it in a notorious wiretapped conversation. I've got this thing, and it's the president also pardoned Bernie Carrick, the former commissioner of the NYPD and a frequent Mar-a-Lago guest who served prison time for tax fraud. Also insider trader Michael Milken, known as the junk bond king of the 1980s. At the White House, NFL legends celebrated Eddie DeBartolo Jr. for making the list, a former owner of the San Francisco 49ers. I take my head off to... Donald Trump for what he did. Not on the pardon list today, Roger Stone, who will be sentenced Thursday, and former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, who has asked to withdraw his guilty plea. I think Roger Stone's been treated unfairly. I think General Flynn has been treated very unfairly. 
Mr. Trump continued to tweet about the Stone case today against the wishes of his Attorney General Bill Barr. And Ouija joins us now from the White House. So Ouija, does what happened today foreshadow the possibility of pardons for Stone, Flynn, or former campaign manager Paul Manafort? Well, President Trump said today that he hadn't given any thought to pardoning those friends turned felons, but clearly Stone's case is on his mind, given he tweeted that the judge should grant Stone a new trial. We also know the president is feeling emboldened post-impeachment, and he often rewards those who have been loyal to him, which includes all the men you just named. Nora. All right, Weijia, thank you. A new candidate is set to make his debut on the presidential debate stage. Former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg's latest strong showing in a national poll has him in second place behind Senator Bernie Sanders. Now, that puts him over the top, qualifying him to meet rivals head-on at tomorrow's Democratic debate in Nevada. Nicole Killian has more on Bloomberg's surge. He's not competing in Nevada, but Bloomberg will be on the debate stage here against five rivals who've been debating for months. Bloomberg hasn't debated since he ran for a third term as New York City's mayor in 2009. We have brought people together. He's been away from the campaign trail preparing for the attacks he'll likely face from the other candidates. I want to thank you. Elizabeth Warren lost her voice but made sure it was heard on Twitter, posting the debate will give voters eager to defeat President Trump a live demonstration of how we each take on an egomaniac billionaire. He could have just been the middle class kid who made good. Bloomberg has spent $415 million of his own money on ads and it's paying off. In the Super Tuesday state of Virginia, he's now tied for the lead with Bernie Sanders. Anybody here worth $60 billion, you can run for president. And you could buy the airwaves. My friends, that is called oligarchy, not democracy. Sanders, the one to beat here in Nevada, has been engaged in a tit-for-tat battle with Bloomberg. On Twitter, Bloomberg's campaign manager warned today the opposition research against the Democratic Socialists is damaging, perhaps even disqualifying. Tonight, the Bloomberg campaign isn't saying what information it has that could be disqualifying. And the Sanders campaign isn't commenting, although aides have privately expressed concern that Bloomberg could be their most formidable opponent. Nora. All right, Nicole, thank you. Tonight, the quarantine is over for some of the Americans evacuated from China because of the coronavirus. They're finally heading home. And we have this update. Cases worldwide now top 75,000. More than 2,000 people have died. Carter Evans has more on today's developments. Today, hundreds of American evacuees from China boarded buses on military bases in both northern and southern California after an exhausting two weeks in federal quarantine. Happy to be here, yeah. Happy to be home. <laughs> but hundreds more remain in quarantine around the country, like Jerry Cerati Goldman and her husband Carl, who were evacuated from the Diamond Princess cruise ship docked in Japan. And he woke up burning up. Carl was taken to the hospital in Omaha after developing a fever during evacuation. He now has the virus. Especially the care where we are is supposed to be top in the country. So I'm not in fear at all that he's not going to have a full recovery from this. And now the scramble is on to track passengers from the cruise ship Westerdam. When it docked last week in Cambodia, everyone was given the all clear and a gracious welcome by the country's prime minister. But over the weekend, an American woman who had been a passenger tested positive for the virus. 
Beyond the human toll is a growing concern about a hit to the global marketplace. 47,000 U.S. companies depend on supplies from the affected regions of China. Aside from manufacturing, tourism in the U.S. will also take a hit. We get approximately 3 million Chinese visitors every year. They're not coming, and they spend a lot, uh, almost $7,000 per Chinese person per trip. After the U.S., China is the world's second largest economy, and some analysts believe the coronavirus has already caused the country's gross domestic product to fall by 1%. Here at Travis Air Force Base, the next round of evacuees is set to be released on Thursday. Nora? All right, Carter, thank you. Tonight, flood watches and warnings are posted across the south and central U.S. as millions are under states of emergency in Mississippi and Alabama. More than 1,000 homes and businesses are flooded in the Jackson, Mississippi area. Omar Villafranca is there and reports floodwater is slowly receding, but frustration is rising. In the hardest-hit neighborhoods, police won't allow residents back into their homes because the water is still too high. Janet Harris and her three children evacuated on Friday. What were you able to grab? Nothing. Nothing? Just the little few items for my kids because the, the room was limited. Flood levels are down around Jackson, Mississippi, but the storms have not moved out. Since January, Jackson has been hit by 19.9 inches of rain. That's a foot more than the average. It is the um, next to the last house on the right. So it's a Sarah Kimmel can see her home of 28 years just down the street, surrounded by water, and she can't get close enough to check it out. Do you know for a fact that water went inside your place? I just know that it's in the garage for sure. Okay. Um, and, and hopefully it's not over that new flooring uh, that's, <laughs> that's stored there. There is rain in the forecast today. Wednesday and Thursday, which could cause some flash flooding. As for the water in this neighborhood, they're not expecting it to go down significantly until at least Friday. Nora? Just incredible to look at that, Omar. Thank you. NASCAR driver Ryan Newman is awake and able to speak tonight following that terrifying crash at the Daytona 500 Monday. Newman's life was likely saved by safety innovations put in place after Dale Earnhardt Sr. was killed during the last lap at Daytona 19 years ago today. Here's Manuel Bohorkas. Ryan Newman off turn four for the final time. The heart-stopping crash happened seconds away from the finish line. Crash into the wall, into the air. Ryan Newman's Ford Mustang flipped over several times, even taking a direct hit before landing on its roof and bursting into flames. The AMR safety team is there quickly to attend to Ryan Newman. It took two hours for shocked fans to find out Newman, who won Daytona in 2008, suffered only non-life-threatening injuries. They want to be safe. Ken Willis Especially is a sports columnist sure for the Daytona Beach News Journal. It's been a long, long time since we've seen a race car driver in NASCAR hauled away from an accident. It was 19 years ago today that Dale Earnhardt Sr. died during a final lap crash at Daytona and changes to the sport followed soon after. The racetrack walls are now designed to help absorb impact. The driver's one-piece seat belts minimize head and neck injury risk and the car's roll cage is built to maintain its integrity and protect the driver's head. Though in Newman's case, the roll cage appears to have caved. Willis believes speed restrictions keep racers too clustered. Odds are you're going to have more wrecks like this. And the more wrecks you have like this, sooner or later, somebody's bound to get hurt. 
Newman has survived multiple crashes in the past, including a previous one here at Daytona, and he's been an advocate for stronger safety measures. Before last night's crash, he was in the lead and close to winning his second Daytona title. Nora. Wow, and so fortunate to be alive, Manny. Thank you. Today, the Boy Scouts of America, one of the biggest youth organizations in the country, filed for bankruptcy protection. The Scouts face an onslaught of lawsuits from men who claimed they were sexually abused, sometimes going back decades, by scoutmasters and other leaders. Errol Barnett on the secret files that alleged victims want public. Declaring bankruptcy allows the Boy Scouts to continue operations while raising a compensation fund that could top $1 billion to pay the victims of sexual abuse. I just couldn't deal with it. I started drinking. Ralph Morse is one of them. He says he was molested by a respected scout leader when he was 11. I mean, he's pushing on my backside and he's reaching around in the front and groping me. In an apologetic letter, the BSA says it encourages victims to come forward and file claims. But under the structure of this bankruptcy, there's a deadline and a limit to payments. BSA says its 261 local councils are not filing for Chapter 11, which one estimate suggests make up 70 percent of its assets. I think what Ralph and other abuse survivors really want now is accountability. Michael Fowle represents Morse and approximately 300 other victims. He says the scope of abuse in the revered organization's 110-year history is immense. We know there are thousands of perpetrators and scouts, and that's because the scouts kept files, and they kept these files quiet. Errol Barnett, CBS News, New York. Today, a New York jury began deliberating Harvey Weinstein's fate. The movie mogul is charged with rape and sexual assault. If convicted, he could face the rest of his life in prison. Weinstein's lawyers insist all of his encounters were consensual. Deliberations resume tomorrow. Tonight, a top U.N. official is calling the humanitarian catastrophe unfolding in Syria, quote, cruel beyond belief. Since December, 900,000 civilians have been forced to flee Syrian and Russian bombs in the Northwest and most of them are women and children. Holly Williams on what they've been forced to endure. This is the war that never ends. Nine years of terror, and in Idlib, they still live powerlessly, impotently, as their own government bombs them out of their homes. There are more than three million people crammed into Syria's last major rebel stronghold. The regime's latest offensive, backed by its ally Russia, has forced hundreds of thousands of them to flee for their lives and left in the middle of a bitter winter. I'm begging for a place to shelter my kids, says this man. The bombs didn't kill them and I don't want them to die of the cold. The children of Idlib have grown up in a time of bloodshed. They don't know what it means to feel safe. This video apparently shows a father trying to protect his three-year-old daughter from the reality of war. She thinks the bombs and mortars are part of a game. If only that were true. If only the last nine years were a nightmare and Syria could wake up. Holly Williams, CBS News, Istanbul. New details tonight in the bizarre story of a woman in Colorado accused of drugging a new mom with a cupcake in a plot to kidnap her baby. The suspect is now charged with attempted kidnapping and assault. Jamie Ukas reports. 
Tonight, for the first time, Juliet Parker appeared in court, smiling and taking pictures as prosecutors revealed dramatic new details. Court documents say Parker contacted a former boyfriend over Thanksgiving, asking if he could get her GHB, the date rape drug. She suggested they get a baby from a homeless person and raise it as their own, and she would marry him on the spot if he could get her a baby girl in the next five weeks. Then came the cupcake plot. The victim says she was drugged after eating a cupcake offered by the suspect, then called 911. Late today, chilling words from the victim. I don't like being at home. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I'm terrified she's going to get back out. Like, this is my kids. This is my house. She violated that. She violated my safety. Try to kidnap my daughter. In court, Parker maintained her innocence. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Los Angeles. Amazon's home security system Ring is tightening its privacy and security settings following a wave of camera hacks. Ring says customers will now have to use a second layer of verification known as two-factor authentication when logging into the system. Customers will receive a one-time code through email or text to access cameras and unlock doors. Tonight, we can all learn a lesson from a brave preschooler and her classmates in New Jersey. Nikki Batiste on the power of friendship. Who's your hero? Five-year-old Riley Chikino's tiny classroom chair has been empty since she was diagnosed with leukemia last summer. My heart dropped. Riley's mother, Kaylee Menger, says the hospital stays and chemo have been a test of strength for her feisty daughter. She was just saying, she goes, I wish my bones weren't sick anymore. And she just like fell on the floor and I was just like, oh. I just hugged her and I said, we're going to get through it. To show their support, Riley's pre-K classmates at the Learning Experience in North Haledon, New Jersey, have special dress-up days, wearing superhero costumes, wild hair, and pajamas. They're also helping to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Recently, Riley surprised her classmates, and the impact she had on them was something to behold. You're our hero. It was, it. <laughs> it's okay. We have missed her so much. Riley is now in remission, but still receiving biweekly chemo treatments. What did you think when you walked in and saw all of them? Crazy. It was crazy. Led by their very own brave warrior, this community fights on. You know, when you have that kind of support when you're going through such a hard time, you, it's priceless. Nikki Batiste, CBS News, North Hilliden, New Jersey. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, a teenager's fight to honor some of the unsung heroes of World War II. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora Donnell in Washington. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com.
these products are perfect for any fan of evening news. And you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.